At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the D.C. CityCast with Frank Hanrahan, presented by Bet Rivers. Special edition of the uh, D.C. CityCast on a Wednesday. I'm your host, Frank Hanrahan from VEASAN. D.C. CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. I bet on the Washington Wizards last night at minus four and a half. It goes down as one of the uh, worst beats in many of our careers. We've seen a lot of bad ones. Uh, that Wizards game was one of the worst. Up by 35 points in the first half. It was 66-31. And the Wizards found a way to lose. It was it was actually pretty impressive. Like, uh, uh, hadn't seen anything like it, quite honestly. I, 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 I've seen some big meltdowns. I've seen some crazy things. But, uh, hey, we just saw a crazy ending in the NFL. But I've never seen a performance like the Wizards from top to bottom. Players, coaches, everybody just s to bed late it was quite something and the fallout from this game it could be it could be something but knowing this franchise knowing this organization probably not holy god so what's so amazing about this loss is that you know when you've got it at minus four and a half and you're watching it and you think you've won it early. That's always the biggest mistake. So not only as a fan are you thinking you've won the game, the players obviously thought they had won the game. This is a real indictment not only on the personnel, but on the coaching staff in general. Clippers did not have two of their best players. They had a guy I had never heard of go off for 29 points. Never heard of him. I'm trying to look him up right now. That's how much I don't even know who he is. And then they made Luke Kennard look like a superhero late. So what does this loss mean in the big picture for this franchise and for this team? Uh, It could mean a lot. Or it could mean nothing. Because they could just go about their way and say, you guys are all wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. We're sticking with this core. But this could be the sign to the GM or the owner who would just go, look, I've seen enough. We have got to unload some of these players because we have so much depth for a 23 and 25 basketball team. Before we get into what their next step should be after a loss like this, let's get into the loss. Because like I said, if you're watching it and you think you got it won, that's when you can't do stuff like that. You're up 66-31. It's great. The Wizards were outscored 40-27, 40-22 in the third and fourth quarters. But the most maddening thing about this whole game was how they 
completely looked bewildered in crunch time. Yeah, I know you've blown this big lead, but you still got to stick to your actual methods and understanding of how to play the game of basketball. And let me start here because I think with about a minute left, minute and a half, two minutes left, I actually tweeted out at Jay Frank Anderson on Twitter that this team is making some dumbfounding decisions in terms of how they're handling this pressure. And it multiplied by 10 in the last 32 seconds. So let's just go over what happened in those final 32 seconds when they were up by eight points. Like, there's no way you should be losing these games, bro. So with 36.8 seconds, Contavious Caldwell-Pope gets a breakout dunk. And I think right then the Clippers thought the game was over. Like, okay, we we valiantly came back. We made it interesting. The Wizards are up by eight with 36.8 seconds left. And for some inexplicable reason, this is the first big domino to fall. Instead of playing straight-up defense, getting a stop and getting a rebound and heading to the locker room and saying, whew, that was close. Yeah, we, we almost blew up, but we didn't. A win's a win. Montrez Harrell, who had a great defensive play just a few possessions earlier, for some reason commits a foul like 30 feet from the ground, from the, uh, from my ESPN thing keeps running because I'm looking at the uh, play-by-play and the dumb commercial keeps running. What was he doing? He stops the clock. Your team's up eight. Don't foul in that spot. So that's is where I want to hammer home. Well-coached teams know, hey, guys, we don't have any fouls to give. I guess Harold thought he had a foul to give because he did one of those wraparound fouls at midcourt. What, was he tired or something? Like, what are you doing in that spot? Like, how can you not have a coach or whoever on the sideline screaming, no fouls to give, no fouls to give, straight up defense? That's all you got to say. And it wasn't said because Harold commits this foul for no reason at all. And you're up 113. 105 with 36.8 and with 34.5, Harold fouls. Terrence Mann goes to the line, makes both free throws. Now it's a six-point game with 34.5. Now here's where it gets even more interesting. So the Wizards inbound the ball. Okay? The Clippers at this point, they're they're down by six. They're trying for a steal. And then you think they'd foul right away, but they they don't really foul right away. They sort of call off the dogs, and they let the Wizards get three passes in, and then the Wiz break the press, and Harrell again is open baseline. But instead of grabbing the ball in the corner, pulling it out, maybe taking a few more seconds off the clock, maybe finding an open man who's a better free throw shooter, no, Harrell has to go try to make a shot with only 10 seconds off of the shot clock. 25.2 seconds left. Harrell gets fouled, attempting a two-point shot. Should have held on to it. Taking a few more seconds off, looked for an open, better free throw shooter, but he doesn't. He goes to the basket. So he's made two bad decisions in a span of 13 seconds. He makes one of two. So the Wizards are still up seven with 25 seconds left. So now the classic 
end-to-end run by the Clippers. Amir Coffey's the guy I'd never heard of. From Minnesota, I guess, second-year player. Had 29 points. He runs all the way down and scores a dunk. 114-109, seconds. Wizards call timeout. Okay? They get the ball in. And Kyle Kuzma... Uh, let's see here. He makes why this their play by play is wrong. They don't have the, the Kuzma. I guess he makes so Kuzma. Yeah, okay, there it is. Kuzma makes the first. They're up six, misses the second. So it's still a two possession game. One fifteen, one hundred nine, eleven point two seconds left though. Like this game should be over. And I tweeted it at this time, and I'm not kidding you. At one four at one fifteen one hundred nine, I said, "If you got the Wizards, i.e. me, I didn't say me, but I said if you got the Wizards, you're looking at an all time bad beat here. This is just to cover the spread. I wasn't thinking money. I wasn't thinking that they still a shot in the Clippers. I'm thinking you're not going to cover the line because Luke Kennard is going to make a thirty two foot three pointer with nine seconds left to cut the lead to three. So it's one fifteen one twelve. Of course, he makes a three. Luke Kennard from thirty two feet cuts the lead to three but there's still nine seconds left wizards have they call a timeout by the way because they can't get it in with 8.2 seconds so you can't get it in and to avoid the five second call you got to call a timeout your final timeout by the way still 115 112 with 8.2 the wizards move it to uh, midcourt and they try to get it in and they don't get it in. In a league where the five-second call is like uh, sort of is like seeing the Loch Ness Monster. It just never happens. Uh, it happened. So Kuzma can't get it in. Five-second violation. You can't get it in. Can't get it in because they had no timeouts either. So they can't call a timeout anymore. Couldn't find anybody open, which is crazy in five seconds, which is really like six and a half. Turned over. Now, there's still 8.2 seconds left, and you're still up three. So here's the deal. This is, again, where we need to hammer the coaching staff and the players and their ability to recognize this situation. You got to scream over, Coach, what are we doing here? We're up three. Are we fouling or are we playing straight up? Easy. They didn't know what they were doing. So they get the ball, handoff to Kennard, going to his right. He's a left-hander, by the way, so you're doing the right thing. Kennard, though, got the ball from just Ice Winslow, who probably could have been fouled in that spot if they're going to make a foul. They didn't foul because he's not in a shooting position. But they let him catch and hand off to Kennard. That's when they should have fouled. What it could have, should have. And as you know, Kennard runs to his right, and Bradley Beal, and Spencer Dinwiddie have no idea what they're doing. They think they want to do the grab foul to put him at the line for two. But instead, Kennard is already in his shooting motion. And they fouled him. And he makes the three-point shot. And Beal and Dinwiddie reacted as if it was a bad call. It was the right call. Like, what are you even complaining about? Luke Kennard hits the three. And for a second there, I'm thinking he may choke this free throw away because, you know, Wizards are minus four and a half. We got to extend this drama and extend this misery. 
But Kennard, cool as a cucumber, makes a free throw, and the Wizards are down. 116-115, still 1.9 seconds left. Crazier things have happened, but again, Wizards are out of timeouts. Kyle Kuzma, who's had issues already throwing the ball in, throws a terrible baseball pass all the way down the court, goes off Harrell, out of bounds with one second left. And the Wizards with one second left don't even try to get the inbounds stolen. They just give up. Game over. Game over, man. Game over. 116-115. Just an absolute epic meltdown. So here we are. So what do you do now? I've been saying it. Don't want to pat myself on the back. It's time to make some moves, but I've been saying that for weeks. I've been, you know, I've been saying that. You know, if I'm West Sunsell Jr., I didn't really see much of what he said. Yeah, he said we we stopped playing. Well, you stopped coaching. Like that, that's when you as a coach have got to hammer guys like, hey, look, we're up 35 points. Continue. Like if you know that you are not your team is not playing and they're they've stopped competing, you got to get on their butts and say compete. And then they got to be situationally aware. Why is Harold fouling up eight to give them two freebies? Why do you not know what to do in terms of when we're up three? Are we fouling? Are we playing straight up? They didn't know what to do, so they went half these, and it cost them. Baseball pass at the end, giving up at the the horn. Like, all these little things add up. So many questions now moving forward. And Beal just cannot get out of his own way. Like, he is not helping himself at all. Terrible foul at the end. He had 23 points, just 2 of 10 from the field. Those are the type of games as a leader, too. If this is your team, you cannot let your team blow a 35-point lead, which they did. Spencer Dinwiddie only had five points, two of ten shooting. But, again, who – see, that's the other thing, too, because you want to make these moves. I would think probably the only real asset that they have to make a move to get um, something in return is Montrez Harrell. Because like I said, I don't think they're going to move Beal, so that's not even a topic of discussion. If they were, they'd have to get a load of first-round draft picks and some real good return, but I don't think that's in the cards at all for this uh, Wizards team. So outside of Beal, like who is, who's movable to a contending team? Who's of interest to them? Because I think that's who you're going to have to get into bed with and do some business with. Caldwell Pope was 3 of 7 for 12 points. Um, but the discussion can... Well, here's the thing: like you win tonight's game in impressive fashion, you're going, "Oh, well, this is you know, this is what we expected. This is actually a good performance." But it's not. Um, the checks are clear, and if you're the GM, Tommy Shepard, you got you got your work cut out for you because you have to now sort of reimagine your vision. You're 23 and 25. On the season, you lost the Clippers, who actually are 500 almost, but didn't have their two best players. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard still out, and you lost to a team 
with uh, a starting five of Coffee, Man, Jackson, Zubox, and uh, Batum. Even though Serge Ibaka was still playing, he had zero points in four minutes for the Clippers. Eric Bledsoe only played 15 minutes? Like, wow. Do you know the Clippers even had a guy named Scrub? How about that? S-C-R-U-B-B. Jay Scrub out of John A. Logan College. That's a hell of a story, man. He was actually drafted a couple years ago by Brooklyn 55th. But here, here, here's the rub. Like, what, 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 what's the answer to this? And I'm not here to, to really say this is exactly what they need to do. I'm here to tell you that Tommy Shepard's got to earn his money. He got extended at the start of the season when they went 10-3. and three. It's like, you got to figure this out, son. <laughs> like, that's your job. I, I can sit here as a critic and say, this is what I think you should do. I think you try to move Harrell maybe for a first-round pick. Really, I mean, at this point, everybody should be on the trading block, uh, even Beal. But again, like I said, that that's just not going to happen. He is their favorite son, and he'll be with the Wizards, I see, for the foreseeable future. But everybody else, everybody else, you just got to be thinking, let's make some deals. Let's build young. We've got a, a nice young core, perhaps, with Hachimura and Kispert and... And Avdia, although they didn't really see much time late in the game, uh, Kuzma's shown some flashes. Uh, but I, again, I think everybody is movable. Everybody is. Uh, everybody's got a price. Um, Davis Bertans did not play. Raul Neto did not play. Aaron Holiday did not play. Um, Neto and Holiday were two guys that they signed in the offseason as a very high-ranking backups in their their mind, and they've blown it on that. Uh, Thomas Bryant's coming back from injury, getting some minutes. Uh, but I think probably your biggest uh, asset right now is Harrell to a contender. He had 12 points, eight boards, but some bad decisions late. Uh, you know, he had an incredible block, and then he commits that foul and goes to the basket. Just costly mistakes, and... I could beat my head against this table and this wall all night. And this is why I can't coach because I want my players to be smart in crunch time and not sort of just falter under the pressure, which is exactly what the Wizards did. Man, what a what a titanic loss. They're 23 and 25. They've lost four in a row. Uh, let's see. Who do they have next? See if they can bounce back. Oh, it's going to be tough, man. At the Memphis Grizzlies. Oopsie. So that will be on, uh, what's today's date? So they got a few days to, uh, let this one sink in. Uh, they are at the Grizzlies on the 29th. So what day is that? My God, man. Like I've, I've totally lost track of time. Today's, today's the 26th. So they got, they got t- three days till Saturday to, to lick their wounds and try to get off the mat. Uh, the reason that I like the Wizards minus four and a half on uh, Tuesday night was the fact that they do this, right? We crush them, we kill them. Last two days games, I was just really um, saying how bad they were, how ineffective they looked against the Celtics, and they looked crappy in spurts against the Raptors. But usually they respond. They usually come back with a vengeance. And they did for, you know, hey, two quarters. <laughs> oh, my man Tim Murray from Visa, and he had a great uh, tweet. He said, uh, 
Hey, if you, uh, what did he say? He said something to the effect of, uh, you know, if you had the Wizards money line, you may want to think about taking a few days off. And I said, a few? <laughs> maybe take a, maybe a couple of weeks. Wizards were outscored 80 to 49 in the second half. 80 to 49. And it could be the beginning of the end for this season. This is this is the watershed moment for this ball club in the 21-22 season. How will they respond? I guess we'll find out uh, Saturday night at the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. In fact, the next seven games the Wizards have the toughest schedule in the NBA. Winning percentage is 63%. So they're at Memphis, at Milwaukee, at Philly, at Phoenix, or home to Phoenix. Miami and Brooklyn, all those teams winning records. Memphis 32 and 17, Milwaukee 30 and 19, Philadelphia 27 and 19, Phoenix 37 and 9, Miami 30 and 17, and Brooklyn 29 and 17. Will this team come out on the other side? Or are they just going to continue to just sulk and moan and whine and and uh, wait till next year or wait till the trade deadline or whatever? Hmm. <sighs> What a game. What a meltdown. And it really ruined a lot of people's nights, I'll be honest with you. Minus four and a half, I'm thinking, my gosh. But we get back on the horse. Oh, but hey, at least I gave the Terps, right? At least I gave the Terps. I was one for two on my official releases. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, one for two. So, I'm now documented 18 and 22 on the season. 18 and 22. I've gotten some tweets about that. Hey, where can I find your actual... Uh, uh, spreadsheet. Well, no, you got to listen to the podcast and I'll tell you exactly the record 18 and 22 because we keep track of it. All right, this has been the DC City Cast Wednesday edition presented by uh, Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Frank Hanrahan. Thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. We'll see you. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Play in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call one 888 at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.